Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Metaphysicians talk about the importance of the higher self, um, the part of us that knows our life's purpose and spiritual potential and sends us messages in the form of love, wisdom, and inspiration. Um, the problem is that many of us don't listen to the prompting of our higher selves. And so um, today we're gonna talk about three reasons people don't listen to their higher self, what the higher self is, what the lower self is, and how we can um, really kind of bring all of it together. Today we have with us Dimitri Moritis, who has been helping souls grow in the Spiritual Arts Institute at the Spiritual Arts Institute, the school he co-founded with the Mozart of metaphysics, Barbara Martin. This nonprofit is known by thousands of students around the world as the premier metaphysical school. Um, and you can learn more about the retreats and um, Dimitri will tell us about that and online courses that you can use at spiritualarts.org. <clears throat> Good morning and welcome, Dimitri. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> My pleasure. <clears throat> um, so that was just a very brief overview of who you are. Is there more that you want to tell us about who you are and what um, you do? Well, yeah, that we have the nonprofit and, you know, uh, Barbara's been doing metaphysics for almost 60 years now, and this is based on 50 years of clairvoyant study and uh, I've been involved with it for over 40 years now myself. So we've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, metaphysics is, I like to say, it's kind of like learning a language or learning an instrument. It's not something you get really good at overnight, right? You have to stay with it for a while. So the beauty is it's like a wonderful relationship. Mm -hmm. As you pursue it, it gets better. You know, I've been meditating now for over 40 years and the light meditations are stronger than they've ever been. I was originally going to go into the entertainment world and movies and uh, television. And I had a rather profound spiritual awakening. And once I realized what was happening, I redirected my life current. And soon after that, I met Barbara. She became my teacher. But then we also realized we both loved to write. So we started writing books and then organized the Institute. Um, but what you started off with, with a higher self is so important because so many people feel they have to figure everything out in their life on their own. That it's, you know, I'm an island unto myself. It's myself and I. And, you know, yes, of course, we have to use our, our, our reason and our intellect. But we are not pursuing things in our life on our own. There is a cooperative effort with the divine. I love the uh, saying in the Talmud, that says for every blade of grass, there's an angel bending over saying, grow, you know, you know, so there is a, but what happens is we tend to sometimes not want to cooperate with the divine. So you mentioned we have a higher self, we have a lower self. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly enough, the, the lower self and, and our, and the way we define in our teaching is what we would call the immersed self. In other words, we are a soul in this body right now. We are what we call incarnate in this life. And in this incarnation process, the soul is immersed in the physical body. We are not our physical body, but we are immersed in it, which means we are heir to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, as Shakespeare would say. So here we are immersed in this life, and we're going to feel all the dramas and the dynamics of going on. But, but they're all learning lessons, you know, whether the experience is painful or whether it's pleasant or it, it, it's teaching something to the soul. You're gathering up knowledge and wisdom. But like any school, you know, you don't go to school and figure it out on your own. They're teachers. There's, you're learning things. You go to school because you're trying to learn things you didn't know. So if Earth is like a schoolhouse, while well, you're trying to experience and learn things the soul doesn't know. And to do that, you need a part of you that's in communion with the source of where all this inspiration is coming from. And that's the higher self. So our higher self is not immersed in the toils and troubles of this world. 
It stays above the fray, but not far above. Interestingly enough, in the auric fields, the higher self is like this beautiful chakra point about two feet above your head, just above sort of the auric flow itself. We like to say it's like a satellite in space. You know, if you're trying to receive a signal from deep space, it's harder to do it from the earth because you got the atmosphere and everything in, involved. Right. But if you put the satellite in space above the atmosphere, like the Hubble telescope looking at the universe, my God, the signal comes much stronger and then goes to us. So that higher self that every one of us have and is, is prompting us every day of our life is connecting with that divine source and sending us, like you just said at the beginning, it's sending signals. But the question is, are we listening to those signals? That's are we so going, true. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and most people aren't until they get hit by the two by four. Exactly. Right. So why do we have to have why do we have to have our back up against the wall? <laughs> why do we have on to our wait? knees? <laughs> you know, right. But but for some of us, that's the way we finally listen. That's yeah. the way the spirit, the universe, um, really gets our attention. Yes, because exactly. I believe we're hearing these messages all the time and we're going, nah, 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 I got this. <laughs> I, exactly. I know how to do this, right? Exactly. The ego gets involved a little bit because you figure out, I have to do it. But the way we like to say it is, don't lead with your intellect. Lead with your inspiration and engage the intellect, mm. harness the inspiration. So you need now because there's people that go the opposite, right? They just say, "Oh, just tell me what to do," and that's it. And they don't use their mind enough, right? right? Mm -hmm. And that that's a problem on the other end of the spectrum, right? So of course you need your intellect. It's like the, you know, if you've got this beautiful inspiration for a melody line, you say, "Oh, you know," they say Beethoven had the melody line of Ode to Joy for 20 years before he put it in a symphony. So that inspiration came in, but then 20 years later, his intellect goes, oh, this would be great in a symphony. So then you you engage it with your intellect, but it's coming from inspiration. Now, the biggest challenge, I think, well, you're kind of saying it already, but um, the higher self is not going to give us what we want to hear. It's going to give us what's best for us. I do remember, you know, I used to work with Barbara when she was doing a lot of consultation. There was a woman that came in and she was quite spiritually minded, but she was having an affair with a married man, you know, and she was asking for quote unquote guidance, right? <laughs> and the inspiration came very quickly. That this isn't good, end it. And she got curious it was one of the few times someone almost just walked out of the session really he went like well i didn't have to come here to hear this my father could have told me that you know that's how she got she because why what was she expecting she was expecting maybe something to say oh yes this is your love from five lifetimes ago and you're coming back together again to finish what you start you know she's expecting something like that mm -hmm wasn't ready to hear the truth so the quite the challenge is for all of us if you really want to cooperate with the higher remember the higher is always looking out for your best interest it's always going to give you something that's in alignment with what you just said at the beginning your purpose and your potential but it may not address the immediate things that you're wishing for oh please can you give me those winning lotto ticket numbers you know something like that mm -hmm. so if you feel like there's an agenda too many times with the divine with talking to god we treat i love uh, um uh, joel goldsmith the great healer years ago he said we treat the problem is we treat god too much like a servant no mm -hmm. give me this give me that god i pray for this god i pray for that. that god is not a servant right so rather than saying oh what do i feel like doing today you want to be asking what's the best thing to do I remember what was a little while ago, it's a simple thing. And, you know, I had to make this phone call and I was saying, oh God, it's, could, it's probably going to be a little contentious. I don't think I want to make it, you know? And again, I have trained myself to, to listen to the higher and right away it came in, just call, right? And I did, and it was fine. 
it was a great conversation. But if I hadn't listened to my hire, I would go, eh, I'm not going to do this. So have a little guts, you know. Now, some people will say, how do you know if it really is the hire or not just your little brain box, you know, swirling around with ideas? Right. And uh, another mistake we make is we often want the giant sign in the sky that says, this is the way to go, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I believe, I love the line in, you know, in the Bible says, it's the still small voice within. The real voice of the divine doesn't shout, start as a loud shouting match. It starts as that still small voice. So the other thing you've got to do is you got to quiet the brain box. You got to quiet the monkey mind. If you got too many thoughts running around in your head, and boy, today we're constantly inundated with information and ideas. It's it's hard to turn it off. We gotta we gotta get away from this thing every once in a while, you know, um, so that the mind can be still. The ancient saying is, "Be still and know I am God." Then you can really hear that inner voice, and then yes, you do have to try it out. If you're if you get into that quiet state and you really feel the sense of calm and peace and you know try it try it now if it didn't work out then yeah maybe it was just your own ideas but very soon uh, it's kind of like a radio you know at least in the old days the radio station all the different uh, frequencies right the frequency of the emotions the frequency of the instincts frequency of your parents from the past frequency of your colleagues and frequency of your own intellect and then that frequency of the divine. And then as you start to listen, you go, no, no, this is the station where the divine is. I'm not going to ignore anything else, but this is what I want to listen to. Okay. And, and then we, it's tune in, we tune in through when you talk about being quiet, being still. That's meditation, right? Yeah, that's <clears throat> a great way to do it. Uh, the beauty about inspiration, now that this is the other thing about inspiration. Uh, well, first of all, yes, let me back up. We strongly recommend daily meditations. They don't have to be two-hour chants on a mountaintop, even 20 minutes a day. But this, And it's not um, meditating while you're driving to work. You know, uh, this is the, the physical body is still. If you're living with other people, you say, look, unless the house is burning down for the next half hour, please leave me <laughs> in the quietness of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And you are getting mm -hmm. in tune with the inner part mm -hmm. of you. And that builds and accumulates over time. Sometimes the inspiration will come right then, but other times you've laid the groundwork. And if it doesn't, you say in meditation, I hold to the knowing that this will come, that the knowledge will come at the right time, because there is a timing of how inspiration comes in. You could be again driving the work and suddenly, oh, yes, now I got it, and then go for it. So the other thing is you have to be receptive. Now, I learned this a little bit, you know, in as an artist and a writer, you really don't know when inspiration is going to strike you. And if you, it's almost like you have to have a, an antenna out there and wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, once it does start to flow in, listen to it. it the divine does not do this out of curiosity, doesn't do it casually. And when the inspiration comes in, the expectation is you're going to do something about it. You are not going to just shelve it and deal with it later there's a timing of when to do it so the beauty is the other question is are you in divine time if we are walking to the drumbeat of humanity and all the stresses of that how can we be in step with the divine and the rhythm that the divine walks in you know we're working now in an updated edition of the change your aura book and one of the chapters we're adding is on the rhythms of the aura the aura moves the aura has different rhythms within it because our life has different rhythms. So you're not just setting, you're not just building the energy to change your life. You're building the energy to set the rhythm of your life. So another question to ask is, are you moving in? Do you feel like you're, you may not have all the answers to life solved, but do you feel like you're walking in spiritual time? Do you feel in harmony with the different parts of your life, even if some of the parts are not perfect yet? Right. If the answer is yes, you're in good shape. If no, get that ship steady. So, um, first of all, for those who just think we are all that we are right here, right, right. now, when we're done, right. we're done. Um, how do you define the soul? 
That's, that's an amazing question. Um, look, we're going through a very interesting time as a humanity, right? Um, we're seeing all these technological wonders. The materialistic mindset is probably stronger than it's ever been because we seem to see these results of that with all the, you know, we've got, we're talking now through computers and things like that and all of that. Um, at the same time, there's more people interested in spirituality than ever before. So there is, seems to be these two trains that are kind of streams of thought that are moving at the same time. The first, like you said, oh, it's just atoms bouncing around the universe. That's it. There's nothing else. And then others say, no, there has to be more than that. This, that can't be everything, you know. Um, now, the, the question is, if it's just atoms bouncing around, then you are your body. And that's it. It's over. You know, like you said, dust to dust kind of a thing. But if if who we are goes on beyond the body, then we are not the body. And it goes to what really are we? And that's how we we define exactly what you're saying. We are not our body. We're not even our mind. We're not even the light of our aura. These are things we possess what we are is a soul. We don't have a soul. We are a soul. Teilhard okay. de Chardin said, we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, right? So the soul is the core of who you are. Now that soul is life. It's an individualized spark of life. Now, why that's so important, again, and, and look, science has done some amazing things, right, in terms of increasing quality of living and so many discoveries. But one of the big errors they have made is they have attempted to reduce life to a happy accident. Hmm. You know, oh, yes, there was this primordial ooze ages ago, and there was this electricity, and it kind of stirred the the amino acids together and suddenly there was life you know yeah. kind of like the Frankenstein, right you take different you plug together different parts of a body you charge it with electricity and suddenly frankenstein's alive <laughs> you know um it's a nice movie it's a scary movie if you ever saw it you know <laughs> but um it's the furthest thing from the truth you know the truth is the most precious thing there is in the universe is life everything springs from life everything and you are, and I am, this individualized spark of life. And here's the other mind blower. That, that life is eternal. It's without beginning or end. Which means our soul, in some way, has always existed, and it always will. It may not always exist in the human experience, but it will always exist. The, the Kabbalists teach the stone becomes the plant, the plant, the animal, the animal, the man, the man, the God, you know, so that idea that there's this evolution of the soul, which is what our focus is a lot at the Institute, is the soul is becoming more aware of its own inherent divinity through the experiences of life. You are becoming more aware of your soul. Now, in the Hindu philosophy, the whole idea of enlightenment is to wake it up to the truth of who you are. I am that. I am part of the immortal. And when you have, when you break the world of Maya, they call the illusionary perception of life. So the, the Hindu faith would say, those that believe in just the material universe are in the world of Maya. They're in the world of illusion. Meaning not that they're walking around, you know, hypnotized necessarily, but if you've defined the universe as just physical, it's like looking at this one narrow band of the full spectrum of life and saying this is all there is to life. And that's an illusion, because it's not true. And when you wake up, when the soul wakes up to its true identity, and the greater life that's a, it's part of, this is the enlightenment that we seek. And we all have that capacity to have that experience. And part of our goal here is to reach that, to break the veil of matter, and to see the divine that's already within each of us but it's sort of hidden until we seek it out because we do have to seek it out it's not there's no such thing as instant enlightenment yes there can be an awakening but don't confuse your spiritual awakening with spiritual enlightenment the right. awakening gets you going on the path of enlightenment 
So, um, and you explain that so well. Okay, I, thank you, because that really does help people. Uh, some people feel like they want this concrete thing with evidence, you know, scientific evidence and evidential based and things like that. <clears throat> and I think this is what throws people off. And the other thing is that many people are about control. They do believe they control the way their life goes. Now, in a sense, we do. Um, but ultimately, we really have little control. You made a, a lot of point, good points. And um, one of them was that um, we don't necessarily get things when we want them. We get them when the timing is right. And, you know, I know this was something I had to learn because I used to scream at the universe. I used to scream, when, when, when am I going to get my answers? When am I going to get my answers? And <laughs> Finally, I gave up. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get them. Then I got them. <laughs> <laughs> then I got them. So um, they were not ready to come to me when I right. thought I needed them. So that's very important. Timing is 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 absolutely a factor here. But we have to relinquish our control. That's why is that so hard for us to do? Well. Okay, so a couple of things you said there also about the scientific evidence, but let's take that second part first. We do have free will. We are not robots. We are not automatons. We can choose to walk the path of light or we can choose not to. And the reason for that is another quality of the soul is it's inherently creative. The life wants to express itself by its very nature. You cannot be creative and expressive if you're forced to go down one path. They say, for example, angels have no free will. Of course they do. They're doing what they do out of love, not because they have to do it. You know, it's not that severe there. But we are not islands unto ourselves. Your, your life, my life, it's not just about us. We are in this cooperative effort together. There is a divine plan. I like to think of it like, well, if we're all here together to build this beautiful cathedral, not everybody can be the architect. Not everybody can be the stonemason. Not everybody can be the stained glass maker. We all have to take our part in the divine plan. And when we do that, we, there will be one of the keys that you're doing that is this sense of satisfaction, is the sense that you're in step and a sense that you're doing what you need to do there's a lot of wonderful things to do in this world and we can get distracted with those things but there's nothing more satisfying in life than completing your purpose and fulfilling your potential if you do those two things even if you don't get to go to every country in the world try every wine in the world whatever it is you know you will feel i did it i accomplished what i need to do and you kind of know that you kind of know that Oh, you absolutely. You you feel that, you know, there's a, a wonderful story um, that was told that there was someone we knew that, you know, accomplished a lot, um, you know, earthwise, you know, achieved great wealth and all of this and, you know, assumed in that achieving that would bring, you know, a great sense of satisfaction. Now, of course, there was a satisfaction, but the report was there was also the sense of emptiness. Oh, wait a minute. This can't be all there is. Hmm. person achieved it rather young right so it's still a lot of life to live so the so we can we can hit certain marks in our life but if the spirit part of us is not being satisfied we're always going to feel like something is missing because we're not physical beings we're spiritual beings now of course you want to make sure there's a roof over your head and you're taking care of and all those things hmm. but at the same time are you taking care of your spiritual nourishment because if you're neglecting that, it doesn't matter what riches you have, what fame you have, you're going to feel a sense of something's missing in your life because there is. Do you think that that our experience on Earth School is a difficult one? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. of course. But uh, another thing the inspiration tells us, this is because it's challenging. This is also one of the best places to grow spiritually and one of the fastest mm -hmm. because 
it's just like think if you're if you're working out in the gym to exercise your muscles how do you strengthen your muscles with resistance if you're only doing these little 10 pound weights you're not going to get very strong but if you say no i'm going to push it i'm going to push it push it push it why are you doing that you're 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 deliberately pushing yourself because it's going to what make the muscle stronger and what has to happen the muscle literally has to tear a little bit and as it repairs it has become bigger and stronger so yes the very you know the 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 tough things you're going through are the very things that are forging your spiritual metal metal is forged in fire you know the, the, the fire things hot the hammer is hitting it mm-hmm. you can take it your soul can take it don't don't what we don't want to do is play the blame game everybody else is the blame for my troubles or oh woe is me look at what i'm going through oh it's so terrible you want to avoid all those things right you want to I love the the uh, Chinese symbol that the, for crisis is the same symbol as opportunity. Mm. You know, so a crisis is an inflection point. So yes, if depending on how you handle it, it can lead to disaster or it can lead to great opportunity. Mm. So the choice is yours, and are do your best not to take the gloom and doom scenario of life that everything is falling apart and the world is what's the point and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There is a point. The world itself is going through growing pains right now, but it the world is actually getting better, not worse. So don't fall into that gloom and doom. Are there problems? Of course there are. Are there big problems? Of course there are. But if you look at the quality of living on earth compared to 150 years ago, it's like it's not even the same planet. You know, it, the improvement has been that dramatic. So we have to see the big picture where we're going. And the other thing is, if you're if you're taking the half the glass half empty view, you're less motivated to do things. You're less. But if you feel there is opportunity, I can make a difference in the world. I can improve things. I can leave a mark. If I put that brick on the wall there, then you're going to be much more motivated to go out there and contribute. And you need everyone here has a purpose in life. Even if you feel right now, I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. You have a purpose. Keep seeking. Don't don't give up. It's like if you're looking for a, a, a romantic partner, a marriage partner, you say, oh, I've dated and nothing's happening. Well, don't quit. You know, keep out there. As the expression is sometimes you have to kiss a few frogs to find your prince or princess, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you have to play that. You have to be in the field. You have to you have to give it a shot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I I work in um, mental health, and oh. I okay. So I am a coach for people who have experienced narcissistic abuse, which oh. is one of it's it's almost a murdering of the soul. Okay, and I have to help people find their way back to where they were, and. <clears throat> A lot of times people will say to me, and I actually had this mindset many years ago. Okay, so based on the trajectory of my past, um, I'm just going to have one problem after another. And okay, that's what this life is going to be about. A lot of people think that and they don't understand how much life can change and how quickly that can happen. And you just don't know how because there are things come into our lives that are so unexpected and situations come together that we could have never figured out how that would happen. Um, so, so things just do, but I always say to people, you know, yes, life is difficult. This is the hardest university you will ever attend. Uh, (laughs) and because of that, I don't believe as souls, we come here alone because I don't think that the the spirit world would let that happen. We can't come here alone. It is way too challenging. So when people feel lonely, they feel like they're at the the end of the rope or whatever. I'm like, you are not alone. Um, I, I really hope people get that concept because that saved me. Okay. Knowing that I got all this help. Right. Okay. I'm not here alone. Right, right, right. Boy, there's a lot there. Um, well, one thing to hopefully today can help a little bit is don't identify who you are by your experiences. Mm. 
experiences are simply that experiences they're not you uh we go to a party also and we say well what do you do and you say oh i am a doctor i am a lawyer i am i am i am a sailor man no those are things you do but they're not who you are you are that immortal spark of life and that spark is inherently precious so one of the quotes from the higher is if one soul were missing creation would not be complete so you're not just important to life you're indispensable now yes life can be hard at times and it can sort of beat us up if you want to call it that but another thing to struggle or to strive for is to realize it really isn't so much what's happening in my life that is the measure of my worth or my spiritual maturity it's how i'm dealing with life's challenges that's what you want to look at so if you are feeling like either you're not accomplishing or you didn't get a fair shake early in life yeah you want to say first of all like you said you're not pursuing things alone the divine is always there in a loving unconditional way but at the same time you need to be looking at well what do i need to accomplish in this world because there's also a fear that comes into the picture right if I say, oh, I can't do this, it's also a way of saying, oh, that sounds scary to me. You know, uh, I knew somebody in the showbiz world, such a talented person, but he kept sabotaging his own success. <laughs> and it was clear after a while that it was really fear-based. He, he didn't think he could do it when everyone around him was saying, of course you can. And he's afraid of failure. Yeah, yeah. And don't rejection, be afraid of rejection, that. right? Yeah, rejection, fail. Look, uh, <laughs> this is something I showed this up. A friend of mine, she was trying to be a stand-up com comedian, and one of the kind of experienced hands in the field said, look, if you're not willing to get up on that stage and bomb 30 times in a row, don't even think of being a stand-up comedian. If, you, if you're not willing to get the tomatoes thrown on your face, <laughs> on that stage, right? Because it takes a while. Jim Carrey, the great, the famous, you know, comedian, said in the beginning, I was the opening act for Rodney Dangerfield, and I bombed every night on that stage. But in yeah. the wings, I could hear Rodney laughing. So I knew I was funny, but I hadn't found that key that connected me to the audience. And obviously he did. Mm -hmm. So don't give up if it doesn't click right away. You've got to sometimes give it time. Another thing that people do is they quit too quick too soon you know they try oh you know if it i guess it, it's you know i tried it five six times and it didn't happen so i guess it wasn't meant to be mm -hmm. my god you didn't even begin to try you know you've got to really give it your go and i have to say the light work can help here a lot for example uh you're talking about you know challenges of a um let's say i'm supposed to not supposed to let's say i'm, I'm overdue for a raise at my job and I just haven't got the guts to go ask the boss for the raise, right? Okay. Now, in the auric field, confidence comes through in a gold light, this beautiful gold energy. If you if you see that in the auric field, that person has a lot of dynamic power. But let's say it's not so that much there. So you don't have the energy of that there. Now, you can meditate with that ray bring in that power now it won't automatically make you superhuman dynamic but the power will be there and then if you do show those guts and go into that room and say hey i'm due for a raise here you'll find it'll be a little easier because the power to make it happen is there we should never be afraid of of failure or making mistakes you know failure today is success tomorrow but the only thing we do want to be careful of, and again, the higher cautions us of this, they, they comment, we see you making, though, sometimes the same mistake 20, 30 times. Mm -hmm. So it's not the mistake, it's the mm -hmm. repeated mistakes, right? So yes, if you're trying this out a couple of times, it isn't working, maybe a different <clears throat> angle, maybe a different approach, yeah, to make it happen. But, but um, you know, self-worth is so important also by the way self-love um now i don't mean mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest one of all right i mean recognizing this is compassion right if you recognize you're an immortal spark of life 
And even if you haven't quite succeeded in things that you would like to, you have all the potential to make it happen. That's true compassion. And then when you see that in someone else, even if they give you an angry face, I love the line of Mother Teresa, where she says, I see the face of Christ in everyone I help. She was dealing with all these horrifying destitute states, right, that people were in, but she saw that divine spark in them. And that's the part that she was appealing to wow. because she said she knew some of them she wasn't going to save, I mean, physically, but she said, I'm here to help give them their sense of dignity, mm -hmm. their sense of value. Right. And, you know, and in the work that I do, self-worth and self-love is what brings people back or yeah. gets them to the to the best version of themselves. Um, <clears throat> but I hear people say to me a lot, can I really be what I want to be? Mm -hmm. People yes. say that to me a lot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course you could be. But they're like, yeah, but it's really scary to be who I want to be. Because what if this person doesn't accept me? And you know, what if I get rejected? And it also, when you take a leap of faith like that, it's like leaping off a cliff because you're leap, leaping into an abyss where you don't know, you don't have control anymore. You are just trusting. And I mean, when I say control, I, I mean the ultimate control over, I don't mean your day-to-day -day lives and, and the, um, the things you accomplish, but I mean just this thing where I, you know, I better hold tight to what I am because this is what's safe. Even though I hate it, I hate myself. I hate everything about this life, but I'm holding on. Well, it's strange that we can be comfortable in our misery sometimes, right? And the point is, when you're stepping into the unknown, you're forging into a new area. Look at the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell noticed all these ancient stories had a similar mythological theme, the hero's journey. And those journeys are very difficult and you always don't know the result till the end look at the lord of the rings i mean the the story is simple try to get that ring and throw it in a volcano right and there's three movies that make that happen you think up to the very end it's not going to happen but you've got to forge through it to give it the chance to try to make it happen and it's your job to give it the shot to give it the try to say you know that i can do it and if you don't try if you know it's so amazing how so many times we shoot ourselves in the foot without before even trying you know um and the naysayers look there's a great story of a man that was homeless literally living on the streets right and after a while he was had i've had enough of this so he somehow was able to take a correspondence course in accounting and he was doing his homework you know on park benches and eventually he passed his accounting exams he got a job he found a place, he reunited with lost family members that thought he was gone. And they asked him, what was the toughest part of the whole thing? He said, not listening to the naysayers. Mm. His fellow homeless people, oh, well, what do you mean? Are you crazy? You know, mm -hmm. that voice. Don't answer to those people. Just calmly and collectively keep pursuing what you want. You don't, you don't have to broadcast what you're doing all the time, right? But stay focused stay focused on it and then you'll see it all the way through right. um so um we were talking about three reasons people don't listen to their higher self and i think we kind of covered number one which is not knowing that we have that <clears throat> the second one is difficulty telling which one is speaking and uh, you know i've learned over the years to be able to recognize when a message is coming in because it certainly sounds and feels like my thoughts, right? It doesn't, it, you know, there's no profound something yelling at me from the sky or anything like that. It's just like all of a sudden a thought comes in or a solution comes in and I'm like, I didn't have that a minute ago, all right? right. So right. what do you, how do you explain to people how to tell if you're well, thinking you it or if it's coming it, in. Said it. You know, it takes time. It's a skill. You have to build it. If you're expecting instant, okay, it's so super clear. The point is, so if you're if you if you do your best to kind of get into this space, 
and you're sensing, okay, I think this really, like you said, I this wasn't even remotely in my mind five minutes ago. And now it feels clear. It feels simple. It's not telling me to jump off a cliff. You know, it's not. <laughs> Try it out. Put it to the test. You won't always know if intuition, if, in, if, in, if it's true intuition, till you put it into practice. Then as you put it into practice, you will very quickly start to realize, oh, you know what? This was just my own thinking. My God. Or, wow, can you believe this? You know, look at this. And like you said, the, the serendipity of things happening that didn't seem initially to be connected. Mm -hmm. Then you know you're in the right zone. And what that does is it trains you for the next time. So if you keep doing that over time, the 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 awareness then you really got start to get to know oh yeah no this is not my voice talking this is this is the divine talking to me it will continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger but you do have it's it's a skill you do have to build do you think that um gratitude for the things that we have is something that brings more um spiritual Absolutely. wisdom in it gets you, get, first of all, it opens you up to the higher. So the best way to get out of feeling sorry for yourself or feeling the world is falling apart is to express gratitude. Gratitude for what you have, gratitude for the divine. It just puts you in a whole different mindset. Because the other thing we have to remember is it's a relationship with the divine. It's not a one-way street. So just like a good friend or whatever, You've got to relate to that person. There has to be an exchange. If it just gimme, again, there's that gimme, gimme, gimme kind of thing. Eh, that's not how it works, you know. So acknowledging I'm here to serve. I'm here to, as part of the greater good. I thank you for everything in my life. I am so profoundly great. And you have to mean it, by the way. These can't be just little words that you're saying. If you say, well, I don't know what I'm grateful for right now. I don't seem to have any. Oh, yes, you do. You have air in your lungs. You have it. A bed to sleep on. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, Whatever it is. In your gratitude right mm -hmm. now, you know, and it will change your your mindset. Look, we are the gatekeeper of our own consciousness, right? We will decide what we choose to let in or not let in. And like you kind of said at the beginning, sometimes we're rejecting the negative and we're the positive. We're rejecting the positive, accepting the negative because we can't discern yet hmm. you know we don't know what real gold looks like in its raw state and i see a uh, pirate and it looks all nice and shiny mm -hmm. i said that's the gold see mm -hmm. oh, the, the real and then this stuff the sandy kind of it, that's not gold it's because we haven't discerned how real gold looks when it's unrefined mm. and as we experience and learn you know do we try to sell that pirate or whatever and say oh, what do you mean it's not gold then we learn <laughs> <laughs> right, know, exactly. We're a little wiser. <laughs> so you've mentioned the divine many times um, throughout our conversation. And um, how do you see the divine? Um, you know, some people call the divine God. Some people call it, you know, a higher, what higher, whatever. Um, how do you see the divine? Well, that's a yeah the, the word divine is a very broad term um it can mean in reference to god it can mean in reverence reference to celestial beings it can be in reference to a consciousness mm -hmm. but what you're really trying to say here is you're connecting to the divine source of things where creativity and inspiration comes in without condition mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so you're this is different, for example, from being, let's say, a psychic. Some people try to psych into things and we do have a psychic nature, but the psychic is not our divine nature. Mm. So the divine nature, since the soul is inherently divine, the higher self is divine. You're trying to get into that divine nature. Again, it's concealed a little bit in this physical body because you're trying. That's the lesson you're trying to, you know, people say, well, if God's there, how come I can't see God? Well, that's the whole point. You're seeking to find God. That's why you're here. You're trying to make that connection. The journey is to make that happen. And that's the learning process. So the beauty is 
through that higher nature, the divine communicates with us, the divine inspires us. And it's in a sense like a teacher to the soul, you know, um, because what it's trying to do is um, if the soul is learning, if the soul is like, you know, there's a saying, the soul is the embryo of spirit. So it's it's learning, it's growing, it's developing, it's going through the struggles of life. But there is this guidance, there is this there. But I, I do want to say, because I know we're coming near the end, guidance doesn't mean there's still that free will. It's inspiring you, but we have to do our own growing. No one or no thing can do the growing for us. We have to go through those experiences. And it's in, on an individual and on a collective level. And mm. civilization's going through an evolutionary process too. We have to be allowed to make our mistakes. Otherwise, humanity would never grow. Right. Like people, people will say when they're going through a hard time, um, I'm praying about this. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> what that means when people say that generally is I'm asking somebody, I'm asking God to solve this. I'm asking God to solve this problem without me having to do the hard work. I just want, I'm praying that, take this from me. Oh, oh if you pray and don't do anything, then yes, yeah. That, exactly. That, if you pray oh, and no, don't no, do no, anything no. that, um, you know, God's just going to solve all the problems. And, um, and I say, no, God is, is chomping at the bit or the divine is chomping at the bit waiting for you to do the work. That's what you're, that's the guidance you're getting. Uh, but I think people get mixed up there. Right. Well, it's the old joke, right? The guy's drowning and the boat comes to save him. says, don't worry, don't worry. God's going to save me. And the <laughs> plane comes in and says, come on, jump on board. No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. God's going to save me. And eventually he drowns. He goes to heaven and God says, you know, he says to God, God, why did you save me? Well, I sent you a boat. I sent you a plane. What else do you want? You know, <laughs> there it is. Perfect. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah. Praying, you know, when you're, when you want to call in that energy is, is a completely different thing than. Well, asking. let me just say one thing real quick, because this is hitting a very crucial point. Prayer and meditation are two complementary activities. So the real purpose of prayer is to connect with God for the sheer joy of being with God, not for getting your answers solved. Mm -hmm. All right. You have to connect with the divine and you have to reach out and prayer is the way to do that. Meditating is receiving from the divine. So in our, our work, for example, we call them meditative prayers. You make a prayer request, you connect with the divine, then you open to receive. And it's kind of like a circuit. You know, the whole thing is complete there. But prayer, we should all be praying, but not, not like you're saying, not praying like God is the servant, but like, God, I'm praying because I, I need to feel close to you. You know, there are times where we don't feel that closeness, right? So we go into prayer to feel that. Barbara, um, you know, she, she was raised, uh, her father was a Greek Orthodox priest, and she was in church one time, and she was watching this woman in fervent prayer. And she saw this beautiful angelic being coming near her. And there was this kind of a static exchange. Now, the woman couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. But she realized it isn't even my father at this point. It isn't even the church itself. This woman is just expressing this profound connection with the divine. And the divine is responding. Mm -hmm. and that's the connection you want to have. Great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I'm glad that you... Um that you explained it that way, you know. Um, I think, you know, when you say free will, we have things we have to do. And the harder they are, the more growth we're going to have. And I always say to people, when you smack into that wall, <laughs> that you think you can't get around, over, or through, it's one of the things you came here to do. Those, those are the hard things. When you hit up the, against those really hard things, that's one of the things you're here to learn, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not easy at times. And we will have sometimes those night of the souls where, you know, sometimes it gets, well, we, it will feel like there's no dawn yet. It mm -hmm. sounds corny, right? That it's darkest just before dawn. All, but, but there's some truth to those things. Okay, you may have one of these dark moments, but the dawn will come. And again, it, you, you need to almost 
do your best to prepare for that. But when the dawn does come, you are a different person. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit stronger. You're a little bit now more mature. You're a little bit more aware. You've learned something through that, through that struggle. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I think I mentioned your website when we started. Okay, spiritualarts.org. That's your site? Yes. yes. Okay. And when people go to your site, what will they find? Well, um, we have three ways you can connect with us. You can join. We have many books you can buy, uh, events you can join, or a training program. We have this beautiful, we call it the Seven Spiritual Arts Program. And it really does help train you for the spiritual rigors of life, the challenges that you have, but how to approach them spiritually. You know, you have the seven liberal arts was about the intellectual rigors of life, preparing for that. But we we have so much going on with the soul. How do you handle, like you said, when you when you, when you do feel like you're 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 hitting a wall? What are some spiritual tools to help you, you know, work with that? And that's partly what we teach. Yeah. And if only our children. We're taught these things. Say that again. If only our children learn these things. Oh yeah, well, Young, you know, I do have to say this. We've been, you know, it seems like more and more younger people are smarter about these subjects, and uh, I think we are getting it. New generations are bringing some very, you know, I have a lot of hope for the for the future generation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it's um, and the book that you were talking about when we first began talking um, that you asked me if I had, what's the name of that book? Oh, yes. That's our latest heaven and your spiritual evolution. OK, it's All right. about the idea. You don't go to heaven. You grow to heaven. There's an okay. evolution process to get there. All yeah. right. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Dimitri. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Likewise. I really enjoyed it. OK, well, have a wonderful day. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. You too. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.